for one, believing that uh, negates the opportunity that credit actually increases aggregate demand, right? Because in the loanable funds model, it's a zero, it's a zero sum game. Because I think it's important uh, that Bill Phillips is represented properly, not you know the neoclassical or the monetarist um, interpretation of his work. Many economists that have come up with are reading footnotes. Um, and not actually reading the original work. The Tykeens podcast contains language that may be offensive to your sensibilities. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Tykeens podcast. This week, we're going to cover Bill Phillips' economic model, or better known as the Monetary National Income Analog Computer. I fucked up a lot of my audio this week, so bear with me. Enjoy the show. the Tykeens podcast i'm back i took some took a few weeks off um decided how i wanted to approach this podcast on a weekly basis i think i just needed a little uh recharge um and to come up with some new topics and i wanted to cover bill phillips this week and his economic machine called it's actually entitled the moniac so it's a an abbreviation for the monetary national income and uh, income and analog computer. I had to look at the uh, the word there for it. So basically, what it is, it's it's a system dynamic uh, model, um, and it came out um, ten years before Jay Forster pioneered, um, you know, the digital interface of system dynamics and system dynamics is stocks and flows, right? What, what this uh, machine was, was a, a hydraulic machine with water. So it, was, it stood about two meters tall, um, and it had essentially three tanks. So three stocks and then flows that went in between it. So to give it a kind of a rough out- outline on how it was designed, it had a tank at the bottom okay, with a pump that would pump this water through a pipe up to the top of the machine. And it would fall uh, through a series of flows. Um, one would be um, taxation, which would go through a government flow and then government spending. And it could be uh, restricted, those um, flows. Another uh, part, it would go into another tank, so the second tank. And it's kind of a loanable funds tank or idle balances, as it was described. And I'll get into the problems with this economic model. There, there are some. Uh, but I'll just kind of describe the, the mechanical parts. Um, so it would go into this tank, this idle funds tank, and then uh, there would be investment that comes out of this tank or loans uh, either coming from the government or going into the idle funds. That would flow back into um, kind of an aggregate demand flow. And then from there, there's also a flow for imports. So the water would flow into another tank, the foreign tank, foreign balances. Um, and then out of that tank would be the export flow that would flow back into aggregate demand and ultimately end up in the bottom tank to complete the cycle again. Now there's... um a lot of extra details to this model. For instance, there are additional smaller tanks that have floats on them. And these tanks, what they're for, they're not designed as stocks. They actually have floats to measure the flow of water. And so I'm I'm doing a blog and creating a Minsky model 
um, of the the machine uh, to the accurately represented represented. So it's it's more a engineering model um, than an economic model. The way I'm designing it because I want to be historically correct uh, to Bill Phillips' work. So there are additional tanks, and so these tanks in system dynamic terms are basically first-order smooths. Basically, it, it slows down. There's a delay um, in the infra- information being sent. Uh, so I'm doing all that modeling. So there, there's those things. There's also like a monetary policy option. So you can inject more water out from outside of the system into the idle funds stock, increasing the amount of water in there. And all of this would have floats and levers and cams that would adjust the interest rate. And then that that also goes for the foreign balances tank. The foreign balances tank would have outside water coming in so you could simulate um, foreign exchange policy. So you could inject more um, water into the tank, um, changing the value of the currency, the foreign currency related to the domestic currency all represented in units of time and water, liters. Um, So it's a fascinating machine, and it also had levers on it. So you could graph or plot um, the different policy settings. So you can adjust the cams and whatnot to test different policies. So that was really cool. It was really the first, you know, interactive model. So not only was it a, a dynamic model, it also had an interface built onto it. So it really made it into an application, if you will. Um, whereas a, a model is just a model, right? If you build an interface on top of it for either you to test policy options or for somebody else to review the model, then you have an application. Now, this predated by 10 years um, Forrester's work, especially in um, it was corporate dynamics or industrial dynamics, pardon me. So there was industrial dynamics, urban dynamics, and then world dynamics was kind of the genesis of system dynamics. And that was all done digitally. Well, what Phillips done was made a mechanical model does the same thing um, mathematically as a digital one. Uh, so what I'm doing is using a system dynamic program, Minsky, developed by Russell Standish and Professor Steve King, who I'm sure most of you know. Um, anyways, people that listen to me obviously know who Steve Keen is. So I'm putting that into Minsky. I'll write up a blog, um, hopefully within a week or so. Generally, I try to do the blog and the model and then do a podcast about it. But I just I just wanted to get on get on the camera been a few weeks um, since I've done a podcast and I just wanted to put one out for this weekend. Um, so I'm going to be putting that out. Um, what, what my challenge is, is I want to represent the model physically, how it works. So it's really, you know, the units are going to be liters, let's say, and um, minutes versus the actual, you know, the definite, the economic definitions of this uh, model is the leaders um, represent, you know, dollars and the minutes would represent years. I'm trying to stay true to the actual um, physical design. I think I'll do a second model um, using the Minsky Godly tables just to show the flows that way. Now, the problem with uh, the Phillips um, economic machine is Armoniac, if you want to call it, which I'll look at the word again, is Monetary National Income Analog Computer or Phillips 
hydraulic computer. <laughs> um, so I want to maybe do a second model that just shows the flows. Now, the problem with um, the actual original hydraulic model was the flows were divided. So let's say you've got um, GDP that comes out of the very bottom tank, which is your, um, not your idle balances, but it could be your, your active balances in your model. So, and GDP goes up to the top of the tank. It gets split off between um, taxes and disposable income. So taxes go through the government process, the disposable income, um, a portion of it gets uh, devoted into savings, and then the rest trickles down, making up aggregate demand before the rest joins back to it. And that's not exactly accurate in monetary operations. Basically, you have uh, an account that gets debited and an account that gets credited um, simultaneously. There's no actual flow there. The only flow that's happening, especially in aggregate, is the information of a bunch of people doing those operations. Um, so I'll have to kind of maybe not make a working model, but a broad definition of those three stocks and how the flows interact with um, each other. So I'll do that too. Um, and maybe I'll, I'll simp make that model run, but in a simplified manner. So it more represents the economic aspects of the model instead of the physical water per minute aspects, you could say. Um, so I'll try to do two. We'll see how that turns out. I'm still kind of tw uh, twiddling with the model. And now, ironically, for such a, a famous machine, there are papers and stuff, but it, it, there's vague, vague uh, papers on how it works mathematically and the quantities of water that are in involved. There are videos of it of one of the working machines at Cambridge. Um, and they have another displayed machine at the central bank in New Zealand. And Bill Phillips, just so you know, yes, is responsible for the Phillips curve, his original Phillips curve, not the monetarist Phillips curve, which is just a direct relationship between prices and employment. And if anybody wants the paper, the original paper on the Phillips curve by Bill Phillips, you can find an email I've published online on my YouTube page on the about tab and you can click on it and it'll show the email and shoot me in an email. I'll give you the paper. I shouldn't do that, but I, I will anyways, uh, because I think it's important uh, that Bill Phillips is represented properly, not, you know, the neoclassical or the monetarist um, interpretation of his work, which often many economists that have come up with are reading footnotes um, and not actually reading the original work of these economists. And this is something that I'm really, I'm in my journey, I'm into now is I'm reading everybody, you know, whether it's Milton Friedman, you know, Austrian economists, uh, Hayek, you know, or, you know, Keynesian, you know, um, John Keynes, right? So I'm, I'm, tr I'm really trying to explore that. Uh, you know, in depth, and I'm actually putting out little biography videos on my YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can just go to my YouTube page and find those. I'm just kind of exploring the history of some famous figures, you know, a broad overview of them as human beings, along with their economics. Um, so yeah, I'm going to try to create uh, that model. I think now there are problems, but I do think it gives you a dynamic, it shows you a dynamic way you can model economics. 
is right now, you know, the mainstream, there are difference equations, um, which are basically period to period, um, sequential period analysis models don't represent reality. You don't see engineers using that technique to model dynamic systems, which uh, the economy is. So you can learn behaviors. It's not always about, you know, quantitative analysis. It's about how does something work? And then what uh, parts of the model, the structure of the model, can you leverage to change that behavior to one that's, in your opinion, uh, more normatively correct, you could say. Um, and it's just a robust way to model versus that old bullshit that, you know, neoclassicals do. Now, the one problem with the model is it really adheres to a loanable funds um, perspective. So the one part, the, the, the kind of aggregated government uh, loanable funds and monetary policy is correct in a sense. Um, you know, w- whether you can want to aggregate the central bank and the treasury as one government entity or not, it, either way, it's going to add up to the same thing. Uh, the central bank can create more reserves or settlement balances and inject that into the idle funds stock. Um, and that can be loaned um, through bond sales to the treasury. Um, that operation is correct. Um, you can use whatever terminology is, but the correct terminology when a bond is issued is it is a loan, right? Now, whether the central bank is part of the government and you could say, well, no, it's not loaning, it's just offsetting. It's all, all just vernacular. It doesn't really matter. So that part in the model is correct. The part that's incorrect is when in this idle funds stock in the model, when the water drips down into the stock um, as savings um, out of, you know, disposable income, it is then used as investment. And that's incorrect. That's not the banks. What banks are not taking your deposits um, and loaning them out. That's the loan of funds money. What they're really doing is they're just simply in the, looking at it from the model's perspective. They are to have another pipe outside of monetary policy that they inject water um, into it and then loan, loan it out. So they're, they're taking, creating water, essentially, you know, raining it into this idle idle um, funds stock, and then that gets loaned out. It's not tit for tat, you know, whatever's saved, that gets uh, invested. Um, that, for one, believing that uh, negates the opportunity that credit actually increases aggregate demand, right? Because in the loanable funds model, it's a zero-sum zero game, you know, basically, You've got disposable income, and then people decide to save, and then that savings this is used as investment. There's no gain there um, in aggregate demand. It's just taking a different flow. Uh, but when you're actually creating more water and then feeding it down into the system, that's boosting aggregate demand uh, where all those flows come together. So it's important to really acknowledge that. So I won't put that into the model because I want to stay historically correct, but it's very, um, it's worthwhile noting that that's incorrect. And that's not um, a diss against um, Phillips. Uh, Phillips wasn't a banker, right? This stuff wasn't, you know, stock flow consistency was, it's been around 
but it wasn't really used on a national aggregate level um, during his time, um, and that wasn't his field. Um, but the model can still provide, you know, that circular flow um, kind of look of how the national economy works. So I just, I, I, I wanted to point that out. So when you do see my blog, you do see the model. If you've got Minsky and you download it and you're really, you're keen in this stuff, you're going to notice that. You're going to be like, what the fuck, Ty? You're, you're giving us a fraudulent model. And it's true, that part is wrong. And if I could go back in time and work with Bill Phillips, I'd say, okay, well, you've got a tank feeding money for monetary policy into the idle funds um, tank. And you've got a tank uh, feeding money or water into the foreign balance account to represent, you know, foreign exchange and manipulating that. Well, they also need uh, another tube going into the idle funds for the private banking sector, creating funds to be loaned out. Um, and that I would I would advocate for that. And it could make that machine more realistic. Um, as it stands, it's just a three-system state, right, where you've got your spendable balances at the bottom of the tank, which is basically aggregate demand and exports filling up that tank, pump, pumps it back up to be gravity-fed down to other taxes, um, disposable income, and then a branch off disposable income as savings, and then sit out of uh, idle balances, you know, you've got investment coming down the center of the chute was a disposable income that wasn't saved, and then government spending coming into it, making aggregate demand. Um, and then you've got a branch off for imports going into your uh, foreign balance tank, and then exports joining back up into aggregate demand going back into that bottom tank. And that's a circular flow. It's a, it has feedbacks in it, and little camps. Okay, so this thing is, is the water's just not, you know, pull a lever and water goes some way and the other way. It actually has adjustable balances, so it's changing the interest rate, which is changing the flow of the water. And it's a really dynamic model in a lot of ways. It's quite interesting. I do have a draft um, in Minsky where I've just got it working. I don't have the cams mathematically uh, put in place yet, but you know I'll get it there. And it's it was you know the first uh, economic real economic system dynamic model with an interface because it could plot out manually like it had a pen and a sliding whiteboard that would slide as the water went through and it was all geared and timed correctly so you can plot this right much like you do with a uh, minsky or vinsum and or stella um any logic you know what else is there? there's simulink there's so many system dynamic programs each with their own uh, the focus on different fields. Minsky really is a focus on economics, of course. But yeah, no, that's, uh, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about Bill Phillips. I am a fan, you know, out of the historical figures in, in economics, he's up there, right? Uh, Bill Phillips for me. And, and they're not intuitive, you know, economists, even for heterodox people. Um, you know, Bill, Bill Phillips is up there for me. Um, and, and you need to read Phillips, you know, his actual works to understand what he meant, not the convoluted fucking bullshit um, that you see from the mainstream. Another person, Jay Forrester, who really was doing the same work. And it's too bad Forrester and Phillips couldn't have gotten together because uh, they were one and the same. Uh, Forrester was really working on electronics in World War II. 
developed, you know, the computer interface, you know, to have stocks and flows and uh, ordinary differential equations and modeling and plotting it out in a digital manner, whereas Phillips, an engineer with an engineering background as well, was doing it mechanically with water. Water. So Phillips, Forrester, um, these are the people that are really at the top um, of my, my list of economists because they were actually looking at the economy in a proper way from an engineering and physical perspective. And you know what? In the heterodox, there's arguments, you know, that math isn't right. It's not the right approach. But I think it, the method that you use really counts, right? So the equilibrium models, the DSGE models, obviously that's not the right way to go. And it's proper to criticize that. Um, but I think, you know, that's the system dynamic method is the correct way to understand the behavior of the economy. We still haven't really fully sussed out how the economy works. You have fields like MMT that have really got the accounting on a national level correct, but dynamically, uh, there still needs to be a lot of work to, to watch the behavior of the economy unfold. And that's kind of like my large national model that I'm working on. It's just the constant slog. It's really, it's, it's, I've been asking myself, what, okay, what's the purpose of this model? Is it to understand bond sales, how that affects in the foreign market? Is it to understand aggregate demand? Is it to understand the private banking sector? Is it to understand government spending? And it's really all of those things calm, like coming together to explain the evolution of the capital system. And that's what my model is turning into. I suspect when it's done, it's going to be a story about the evolution of capitalism, the life cycle of capitalism. And because we're not at the end of that yet, that could be the predictive part of my model is where does capitalism go and what at the end of the model does do we have some ideas of what the next stage of you know the economic system is right and there's no like i don't think there's ever a sharp cutoff between economic systems right it's an evolution um be, between going uh through systems and you can have prominence you know like the bretton woods agreements. You could have those prominent situations, but it's still a slow evolution. Um, so it's not like as if, you know, if you're anti-capitalist, well, we'll just turn off capitalism and we'll go to a new socialist, advanced socialist, uh, you know, like futuristic socialist system, right? It's not going to happen that way. It's going to be a slow evolution. And when we're in the middle of it, we're not really going to see it until we get down the road. And then historians will look at it and be like, no, this is where we are now. That's how it was then. There was a shift. And we'll name it. We'll, we'll have a new name for it. But I suspect that's what my model is going to do. I'm starting to get excited about that story of it um, and how I'm going to publish it. Um, I just, I put in the hard effort to explain behavior of an economic system, both on a national level and how it interacts with foreign uh, entities in the system and how it looks on a global level with population and pollution and ecology, right? Because I think that all needs to be included in economics. So that's what's going on. I'm glad I'm doing this again. You know, I'm really glad you can find me, tykeens.com. I'm going to start plugging my shit here. Got lots of new Patreon members. I should, let's bring up the Patreon member list. Let's, uh, Let's bring that up here. Patreon.com slash Tykeens. 
let's just name shout out here a few let's just move my monitor so i can see it here um just shout out a few of the new people we got um we've got jan Belad vladin um grant fitness fitzner um martin bach i know martin he's one of the new guys um daniel satamary holy these names are hard oh boy i'm butchering this james chapman another one here poncho morano you know matthew gibbons going through them we got john polachek i believe i know him i've seen him around before just a few names that i'm naming off here i'll give you a shout outs i i promised to do that a long time ago um, but anyways um you can get you know updates on the model if you subscribe to my patreon as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month you can of course give more it really and patreon's really made uh, all of this really possible like so my youtube content you know i'm not viral economics is not generally viral anyway so i'm not going to make a lot of ad revenue off those videos right so a portion you know of my patreon funds you know that i dedicate my mind you know my scheduling as okay let's put out some youtube videos and i'm doing you know different series right now including this podcast uh, so that really helps and it helps with the time with actually modeling right and then uh not just my my large model but small models like the the phillips machine um so i can blog about it you know set up diagrams spend some time on that you know and same with just you know my twitter interactions spending time on the steve keen and friends uh live stream that takes you know some time out of my week um so all of that kind of funds me um doing this right because you know i have my day job as a day trader right uh that pays you know the bills for my house but this is a lot of extra work on the side um and it's uh i'm, I'm grateful I'm grateful and i think i will really try to name different patreon members maybe i'll develop a list too um takes about five hours a week to even you know edit this podcast with the shorts and you know putting the graphics in and you know the promotion and whatnot um both uh, on youtube and if you're listening on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts um it takes time to do all that thank you for joining me on another diary entry that i call the tycoons podcast make sure you hit me up on twitter now known as x at tycoons you can find me on linkedin for that professional um interaction at tykeens said my website tykeens.com youtube at tykeens we will see you next week bye bye <laughs>